Hungry Trilobite podcast would like to start by acknowledging these fine conventions. SoonerCon is Central Oklahoma's longest-running pop culture convention. The next event is scheduled for June 24th through 26, 2002 in Norman, Oklahoma. However, they need your help to put on the next event. Please visit SoonerCon.com to find out how you can help make SoonerCon 30 a reality. The Hellmouth Convention The Hellmouth Convention is a celebration of all pop culture, but specifically things like Buffy, Angel, Firefly, and Dr. Horrible. It is held in Los Angeles, California, and the next event is scheduled for June 3rd through 5th, 2022. Proceeds benefit the Los Angeles LGBT Center as well as the Ron Glass Memorial Scholarship Fund. For more information, go to thehellmouth.org. Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Vossig, and I'm going to be your host. Today I'm welcoming Reese Brown to the show, and he and I are going to get into a great conversation about why we get into fiction, and really how it can impact us in our day-to-day lives, and how it can talk to the more important things in life. Let's get started. On tap today, we have Reese Brown. How are you doing today? Good, sir. I'm doing great. Doing great. How about yourself, man? I am doing great. I I was really glad to make your acquaintance earlier this week uh, because we almost had the same reaction when we looked at each other's work. I I talked to you about the show and you said, wow, that sounds awesome. I want to get a better look at that. And then I looked over what you're doing this upcoming year and like, that sounds amazing because I'm I'm looking at this, this film you're on called Social Credit and I am a sucker for parallel reality stories. That is... One of those things that I, anything that has that concept, I love to get my hands on it. So I'm like, I really want to talk to this guy. Awesome. I I appreciate it. And again, uh, thank you for having me on your show. This is awesome. Um, uh, I really have to say that was probably the, it was the most bizarre, but almost the most surreal, the real most surreal project I've ever, I've ever worked on before. Um, Aaron, there were just things and there were parts about the story that it made me feel like this could potentially be our reality. It could potentially be what could uh, what could happen to us, our country. I mean, what's what's honestly what's so bizarre, what's so crazy about it is that that's actually what's going on in parts of the world right now. Um, it's just hasn't uh, completely affected western civilization yet uh, and it, and it kind of it kind of tapers into the core values and to the infrastructure of what our country is truly founded on and i think that's what really compelled me to be a part of the story i really didn't think that even my character what i was going to be portraying was going to be the uh, the helm of the film but uh after i read it and i i sat down and spoke with the director and I just felt like this is something that I had to be a part of. Like I love to tell stories and I love to peel back the layers of what it means to truly break down the human condition and to just be explorative and I guess really just get more involved with this thing called life. You know, every single day is a completely different thing. You know, you just kind of never knew what you're gonna get. But um, but yeah. Um and I guess that's... go ahead. No, may I ask you, like, what, what was it about the film that really intrigued you, per se? 
when I read the concept behind it, and I only found out about it two days ago, so I haven't had a chance to see it yet, obviously. But like I said, I love alternate history, alternate reality stories, and the concept of taking a Eastern world caste system and making it the literal government in the United States and, and ty those types of Western nations. And because the United States historically rejected any sort of formal class system. So what if right. we turn that on its head and said, no, not only are we not going to reject it, we're going to codify it into law. And what would that mean for people? There's really only one way to tell that story. And that is to actually make the movie you guys made. Right. right. I'm like, I, 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 we talk about fiction and we talk about taking a character like you could play a rich person, a poor person, a gay person, a straight person, an American, a Mexican. It doesn't matter. You could put yourself in another character. But to say we're going to put you in another reality, that's taking it three steps to the side. And I find that fascinating. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> you know, it's even crazy that you say that because I, I, I really didn't even know. Uh... I really didn't even look at it from from that perspective at first. Uh, I was, I, I think for me, I was really more uh, stuck and drawn into the the character and just going through the motions of the different transitions that he was going through in his life. And it's really a a, a story of, of of suffering and loss, and and the fact that you know I felt like my character was just the masses um just singularly at one pivot point in in life and he is just in a position where he just loses everything and it's kind of like you know well, what do you do how do you combat this how do you move on how do you progress how do you you know how do you move forward and to to really look at the story in itself and that being the catalyst from what's being driven behind the scenes it was quite scary to be honest with you because before I even read the last page of the script, I thought that my uh, I thought that my character was gonna <laughs> I thought he was gonna commit suicide, um, just just from the the immense and, and the pressure and everything that was going on. So it, you know, Aaron, I gotta I gotta say that, you know, acting has really opened up my eyes to so much more in life that it's not just, you know, about, you know, the glitz and the glamour or you know, being famous or making a lot of money, which of course, you know, none of those things are exactly negative, but it gives you the innate ability to look at life from a different perspective and to to put yourself in other people's shoes and to, to really have a more in-depth understanding and to feel the tapestry that we're, we really are all connected in, in some, some bizarre and somewhat uh, very, very, very intricate way. And working on this short film kind of bring me, it brought me a little bit closer to my own personal fears, my own realizations about my shortcomings as a person and my failures and my the mistakes that I've made. And uh, it's, it's really helped me to open my eyes to just be more sincere, to be more in depth and to just be more me. And um, yeah, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to go off on that tangent. No, I'm really glad you did, um, because I, I don't know if you happen to have caught it, but we, we just released an episode with Adil Hussein, who's an Indian actor, and he has said something very, very similar to what you just said, is that it, we, we use the art to connect to each other, to, to find ways to find the commonalities that 
might not be easy to see without the the, the bond of art between us. So I'm really right. glad you actually picked up on that thread there. And right. it just shows that, that you and he are not the only people thinking along those lines. That's when, when you think about it, that's really why we're having the experience. Mm. Let, let me ask you this, just, just for the sake of argument here. Can you give me a couple of your favorite movies? It doesn't have to be the top billing, but what, what movies do you just feel speak to you? Oh man, that's just there's so many. Um, I definitely have to say Fight Club would definitely be one of them. Uh, the second one, I would probably say The Beach with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. And uh, the third one, oh, that's tricky. I mean, there's, there's so many, there's so many. Um, I'm seeing you wearing a Captain America shirt there, so I'm, I'm wondering if that's possibly one I want to throw out. Oh, too. oh that's, that's 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 like a whole different. <laughs> that's a whole different, whole different thing. Um, because I, I love Marvel, I love superheroes. I'm 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 a really big nerd when it comes to that. Uh, I probably say the third one. I, I have to say, as far as comfort's concerned, I would say uh, Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. I could see that there are some heavy hitters you're throwing in there, and. I say I'm a huge Fight Club fan too. I think that movie is it's one of those things that speaks to our. It, it's supposed to be a guy movie. I know it, it, that's really the perspective is written from, but I think a lot of people in our generation can just look at that and say they were on to something here. There, there's something about that that these guys might not be going about it the right way, but they're voicing a frustration we all feel. We all connect right. to that. Right. You know, it's, it's crazy because I've, I've been taking uh, acting courses now um, through Corland Productions and Spirit Square in Charlotte for about five years. And the way it works is, you know, you'll go you'll go into class and uh, Miss Linda, she'll, she'll basically just break you down in the sense of helping you figure out what your strengths and what your weaknesses are. And she'll exploit both of those and help bring them all together to help bring out the artist in you. Um, we'll do everything from doing diction courses to help you speak with, you know, enunciation and helping you to project your voice while being on stage to, uh, to render a better stage presence. Uh, and this, this transcends to on stage and in front of the camera as well. But I worked on a project <clears throat> and it was Fight Club and I did the speech that uh, Tyler Durden delivers on Modern Living. And, and I gotta tell you from working just on that piece and having read the script twice and I wanted to continue to do more research so I went and bought the book in itself and I read the book which was which is brilliant it was a little bit different than the script but for obvious reasons but Aaron I got to tell you it pulled me into directions of doing research on people that suffered from schizophrenia depression anxiety um people that uh it, it was weird too um I ended up reading a story. Uh, it was about a man that had, uh, he lost his wife. He had lost his, uh, his oldest and his youngest son. And he just kind of went into a downward spiral. And it wasn't until he almost had a near death experience that he decided that he needed to transform and to change his life. But all of this took place because he went through a phase of suffering in his life, which to me, I think that was one of the most uh, prominent uh, issues in Fight Club in itself was the fact that, you know, this life is not perfect. And there are going to be things that happens to us that is outside of our control 
whether they are good things or whether they are bad things, and that loss is inevitable. And I think that for the narrator, Jack, to me, Fight Club was just merely more just a, a coming-of-age story about a man accepting his own existence and the, the, the full weight of what it means to truly be alive and that the things that we think that truly matters most to us that are usually the things that we strive to obtain are really the things that inevitably sometimes end up separating us, not from other people, but really separating us from ourselves. And it was, it, it was just incredible to work on the project. It took me literally a year just to get that monologue down because of just the, 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 the full weight of everything and the, the words that were coming out of his mouth and just how inspirational it was, but also too how, uh, how in depth and how real it was. You know, it's, 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 it's life and it really is ending one minute at a time, you know? So it's almost like, you know, what do we do with, with these precious moments and these, 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 these brief minutes that we have, you know, I think that's something that has really inspired me and, and pushed me to become not just a good actor, but the best person and the best version of myself that I could possibly be. And hopefully this is something that I can help you with and help other people with and, and bring out those those liberties in all of us, you know, because I think at the end of the day, we all want our lives to matter and to mean something, you know. I think the the, the shadows of, of, of death and mortality is something that it, it, it hits you at your core. And I don't really think that anybody wants to be erased. Everybody wants to be remembered for not necessarily being great, but being remembered for being who they are. And I, and I think that's what I think that's what Fight Club really taught me. What I really learned from it. That I love that, and I love your choice of words there, because you called it a coming of age story. And most of the time, when we talk about a coming of age story, we're talking about a story of somebody in their mid-teens who is learning how to fall in love for the first time or move off of their parents' house or how to stand up for themselves for the first time in their lives. And we we tend to not see ourselves in those characters anymore once we hit our 20s or or, or we, we, we consider ourselves an adult. But you're talking about a coming-of-age story for somebody who's been on their own, has, has been hurt, has had loss, has suffered at, after many years as an adult and still doesn't even know why they're there. And that's mm -hmm. something that I can relate to for sure. A lot of the people I know could relate to, and you can relate to obviously because you just oh, went absolutely. through that process. And you're right. We do want to remember. We, we want to be remembered. We want to have an impact. And that's actually part of the reason I'm having this show here is that I when somebody has an experience like you're describing, like I'm feeling, and we realize that the, this, the movie about the guys fighting in the basement has an impact on our lives and it's talking about something that's very real to us, I want a way to capture that for people. So yeah, we're, I, I really think that that's a great way to look at it. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, Aaron, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, um, I, I feel like there's, I, I have days where, you know, even even myself, you know, I have days where more often times than not, I'd say out of a good 100% majority of my days, it's more like 70-30. Most of my days are really, really good, even kill. But then, you know, I also have the days where, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like, you know, 
the the things that I'm pursuing or things that are insurmountable, it'll it's never gonna happen. I have days where I feel like I'm losing everything. I have days where I feel like I don't even know who I am. I, it, it's it's, but I think one thing that's really helped me to to uh, to to channel these thoughts and these emotions is to just be alive, you know. And I, I used to have a bad habit of when I would feel a certain way about a subject or whether it came from confrontation or, you know, getting stuck in the past or, you know, uh, dealing with mixed feelings towards other people, relationships, even the relationship that I have with myself, you know, I would suppress those feelings and not so much of really bottling them up, but I would try to fight them. And then, cause I'm 32 now. And I feel like I've gotten to an age and a point in my life where I allow myself to feel what I need to feel. You know, that if I'm angry, I allow myself to be angry. If I, if I feel, you know, sad or depressed, I allow myself to feel these things for whatever reasons, you know. And I think it's, I think it's something that uh, people should really do a lot more in, in of itself of just feeling, because that's, that's the one triggering point for Jack that, to me, in Fight Club is what really started this whole anomaly of a, of, of a series of crazy events. And it was because he was aware of the fact that he didn't feel anything. And I absolutely think it's, it, it, it's, it's scared of him. You know, it's, 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 like how, how, do you, how do you honestly have and can feel feelings, but yet feel nothing? It's crazy. And it was really, it was really all inside of his head. And I feel like I've, I've been that person at so many points and so many times in my life. You know, it's crazy because when you watch the movie, you know, you, you, you have the narrator, you have Jack, and then you have the alter ego, which of course is Tyler Durden, Brad Pitt's character. And he literally emulates everything that every single man on this planet wishes they could be, which is the best version of themselves every single day of their lives. And unfortunately, that's just not true. That's just not the reality that any of us live in. And that's not the world that we exist in, you know? And I think it is that, that part of yourself that you don't like I really think that's a part of yourself that you need the most, that's going to be there with you the most, because I'm a firm believer, the relationship that you have with yourself is probably the best relationship you'll ever have in your life if you treat it that way. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I say absolutely like I'm totally on board and I totally know what you're saying, but no, at the same time, it's like you're, you're you're giving me a lot of insight that I hadn't considered before. So I don't want to act like a smart ass. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. Oh, no, that's no, 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 please, please. Like, wow, that that's, it makes a lot of sense. And put in the context of the movie, it's like you, you're, you're having to deal with somebody who you on the surface might not like, and you have to realize that's you, whether, whether that's something that's very visible to you or something you have to struggle to come to terms with, that's, and it's, you're stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think, I think too, you know, excuse me, I think too that, you know, the old saying, you know, you are what you eat or, you know, you are who you associate yourself with and, you know, you're the common denominator of the five people that you spend uh, the most of your time with in life. Uh, I definitely have to say that is very true. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very, very true. Um, I, I do believe that, uh, the, the things that you spend a lot of your time doing in life, not even so much of just your actions or the people that you are associated with, but I think a lot of the times too, your thoughts. And I, I, I feel like in, in order 
depending upon what it is that you want to do in the direction that you want to go in life, I, it really just brings me back to the centerfold of just know thyself, know, know who you are. And it's not to say that you need to know everything all at once, but just to know you and to, and, and, and to trust yourself and to have, have a good relationship with who you are. Because I'm a firm believer that, you know, if you don't love and you don't respect yourself, you're not going to get that from anything or from anybody else. And that's just, that's just the bottom line, to be honest with you. And I think that's, that's something, if we're going to triangulate that back into Fight Club, I think towards the very end of that film, that's what Jack started to do. But it's, it's funny, it's crazy, right? You go through life and you hit these pivot points and you go through these, these valley points. But it's like, as soon as you get past it, from having to go through that, you finally get into this place where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, that really wasn't that bad. And it's like, look at everything that I went through, look at everything I had to go through to get to. And it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's almost as if, you know, negativity, evil, that these things are all a necessity, that they're all, these, these are all things that are part of the greater good in a sense. I know it sounds, I know it sounds weird, but I just remember watching that movie when I was 10 years old and I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be like, you know, like some Sylvester Stallone, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme, like an awesome action flick. And, and I gotta, I gotta tell you that movie literally blew the brains out of my mind at 10 years old. Cause I was like, dude, this is not what the hell I thought it was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it really wasn't. It really wasn't. And from there I was just like, Oh my God, like this is crazy. I, I, I just started looking at things so, so much differently after that it was it was it was it was crazy what about you what do you what are your favorite movies well i'll tell you what i one of them i mean i'll throw out ghostbusters because ghostbusters is one of those movies that i i find the writing is brilliant the delivery is brilliant the concept is brilliant everything just kind of clicks right in that yeah. center there but when i want to talk about a movie that really hit me in the way that fight club seems to have hit you i'm going to go with big fish Big Fish. Uh, directed by Tim Burton. I think it was released in 2004, 2006, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. You know the movie? I know, exactly, I know okay. exactly what you're talking about, but I, I have not had the pleasure of seeing that one yet. But I'm a huge Tim Burton fan. Okay, that might be a problem. <laughs> because I'm, I like Tim Burton well enough, but I am not by, I, I'm not a rallying Tim Burton fan. It's probably the least Tim Burton, Tim Burton movie there is. You're, there's yeah. only going to be a couple moments where you're like, okay, there he is right there. It, it's, it's the story of, of a guy who is dealing with the fact that he doesn't really know his father. And he, he spent a lot of time with his father as a child. His father was very good to him, but he was always telling him these tall stories about his life that he knew weren't true. They were, it was, it's almost like a Wizard of Oz, basically. If you watch this movie back and forth with Wizard, Wizard of Oz, you're going to see a lot of similarity in the fantastic way the story is told. And he's like, this, this wasn't your life. These things didn't happen. But as he starts to look at his father's actual life, he starts to see that there was more truth to the stories than he gave his father credit for. Wow. And that's... And, and I, I try, I, I'm not in the business of giving away spoilers, so I won't say more than that. But when you're getting to the point where you're talking about loss and you're getting to the point where you're saying you're starting to see somebody from a different perspective than you've always known them and you realize maybe they didn't have the tools to communicate to you the way they wanted to, 
that movie hits me that way. And I right. think that it's it's a movie you should watch it once, at least once, when you still have your parents, and watch it again when you don't have them anymore. Right. That's that's the kind of experience you're gonna have. Yeah. And you mind if I ask, are are your parents still with us? Are they still with you? One of them is. One of them is. Mm -hmm. Is it your uh, your mother or your father? My my mother's still with us. Yes. She's mm -hmm. still with you. Um. I mean, I know this is kind of like off, off, off subject, but uh, when you when you lost your father, and you know, God rest his soul, um, how how did that how did that affect you, and what what did you what did you felt left with, and and how did you learn to cope with that and not let it destroy you? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, this was something that was very difficult to work with especially when it happened, because I would have a lot of people trying to tell me things to comfort me or to, and I understand that you don't know what to say in this situation. I, I forgive anybody for saying the wrong thing because there is no right thing, but they would say yeah. things like, I don't know how to talk about that because I don't really, I'm not really on good terms with my father. Or they would say, I didn't really get along with my father. And I'd be like, okay, I understand that. And I'm sorry for that, but I did get along with my father. I had a great relationship with my father. He was my best friend and he now he's not here anymore. So I, I, that's the conversation I needed to have. And that's the, I found it very difficult that a lot of people couldn't have that conversation. Right. So you have to go forward and you have to start thinking, what, and what, that led me to start saying to people when they would lose somebody and they would suffer a great loss, I'd say, you miss that person. And you miss that person because there's something that they brought to your life that is no longer there. And you saw a value in that. And you saw a value in what they brought to the world. And you feel that loss. And you're wondering why everybody else doesn't feel that loss. So what you can do is you can say, I'm going to bring this to the world in that person's place. If I'm going to, I'm going to take what they brought and I'm going to try to be that, even if I'm not doing it the same way, just knowing that the world misses that and I can bring it helps you grow as a person. And in a little bit of a way, it can help you move past it. All right. Um, <clears throat> I, I only asked and. I know that there's no such thing as a, as a perfect relationship for anybody, you mm -hmm. know, um, I don't think that's ever happened. Um, I just find it that the older I get, the more I realize that I'm probably going to end up losing. And it's just, it's just natural. That's just a part of life. That's, that's how this life is. Um, it's also taught me to be a lot more patient, a lot more understanding and to remove, to the best of my ability, to remove my ego, my opinion and my, uh, my personal opinion about what I think somebody really is out of all of my relationships with people. And to try, especially when it comes to, you know, family members and really, really close friends. Um, because until you are, are, until you are 
in that person's head and that person's body. You really don't know what they're thinking, what they're going through, what their thoughts are. You know, so I, I, I'm, a, I'm the type of person that I tread very, very carefully in my approach to people, the things that I say to people and uh, promises that I make to people, you know, because when you really think about it, your word truly is your bond. And that really is all that you have, you know, and, and, and the things that you say to people, the things that you do to people, you know, I, I tell I tell a lot of people, and um, you know, I bartend uh, part-time outside of you know, doing acting. And I tell people all the time, you know, people may forget your face. People may forget things that you've said. People may forget the things that you've done. But the one thing that people will never forget is the way that you make them feel. You could see somebody that you met and had a conversation with 50 years ago. And if that person put a true, genuine smile on your face, and, 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 and hugged you and embraced you in such a way that your, that your heart was just bursting with enthusiasm and excitement and love. You're going to remember that person when you see them 50 years from now. You may forget their name, but you won't forget the way that that person made you feel, just like if it was the same as the complete opposite and that person hurt your feelings or that person betrayed you, stabbed you in the back or, or you know, anything. We're, we're, we're creatures of habit, but we're also creatures of remembrance as well. And 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 I and I think when it comes to dealing with situations that that revolves around our mortality and death, I think that's that's something that I feel like if we all took that into consideration a little bit more, I think that our thoughts would have a lot more to say before we actually speak for ourselves, whether it's through emotion or um, out of anger or fear, even. Um, I think that's that's really incredible because I've never heard anybody uh, Aaron express that and explain it that way to me before, and it's it's, it's actually very uh, inspirational and hopeful, you know. Because at the end of the day, I don't want to lose anybody, and I know I don't know you like that, um, to a T, but I don't want to lose you either, you know. It's just it's it's, it's crazy to say that, you know, but 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 I don't, you know, and it's I feel like that's that's something that really pushes me, and that's why I love the the craft of acting it's funny too man because this acting is the this art form is so much different than any other medium that's out there you know different than music and you know stand-up it's, it's, it's just so this is so much so so different you know um and then in a lot of ways it, it, it truly has uh saved and changed my life you know it took you know and i think it's good to to, to have this so you know, I, I know I never had the pleasure and the privilege of meeting your father, but he's proud. Thank you. Thank you. you. That, that means a lot. Uh, I'm going to take a step to the side for a minute, but but it, it, it circles back to the point almost immediately. Do, do you happen to be a Star Trek fan? I'm more Star Wars than Star Trek. That, that, <laughs> but that I works. To, I used to watch it all the time. Yeah, okay, well, I'm, I'm sitting here wearing a Star Trek shirt. So, I mean, but the you, you talked about you know, being a bartender and, and having people, you know, talk to you in that moment. And, and I often point out to people, one of my favorite scenes, it was the first scene in the first episode ever filmed of the series ever. Uh, it, the, the captain is sitting in his quarters. It wasn't Kirk. It was actually some other guy. Um, and his doctor comes in and he's suffering from what we would now call PTSD. I don't think they had that, then, but that you can clearly see the symptoms in the conversation. And his doctor comes in and instead of pulling out, you know, a 
a tricorder or a syringe or he pulls out a martini glass and a shaker and he sets oh, wow. it in front of him and says bringing you this because a man will tell his bartender things he won't tell his doctor and that's when you're in that moment and you have somebody who is number one willing to talk to you and that's something that I'm not saying bartenders have a monopoly on it, but it tends to be part of their stock and trade. Now you can substitute in a good friend, a counselor, just somebody who happens to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. But when you have somebody who actually wants to have that conversation, it, it takes the weight off your shoulders of, of knowing when to bring it out. And so we don't really know how to have these talks. We don't know how, we're going to be able to affect people. And you have to recognize when somebody is willing to talk to you about something very, very personal, especially something that's bothering them, that's your chance to impact their life. And like you just said, that impact can last five, 15, 50 years down the road if you get it at just the right time when they have just the right feeling. Every every moment is, is an opportunity to either fix something to change something or to start over anew again. Um, and every single passing minute is, is another opportunity and chance to turn things all the way around completely. Uh, that's exactly why I said previously, you know, I'm, I'm very, very uh, careful and particular about my approach to people. Um, <clears throat> and it has nothing to do with, you know, fear or inferiority, but I think to come from a, from a, place of love and respect towards others I mean, even even when people aren't treating you right is is the best way to combat and deal with those types of situations you know trust me as well as I'm sure you know being in that industry it's it's, it's it can be cutthroat it can be very fickle and you're dealing with well, I don't necessarily want to say crazy but uh, you're just dealing with a barrage of different kind of people you know, you never know who's going to walk in that bar and sit down at that bar. You don't never know what somebody's intentions are. You know, just as just as fast as you get a face that'll smile in front of you, you can get a face that'll turn around and blow your head off. Like, just you never know. You know? It's like a <laughs> it's like a pop up box. Um, but uh, my, I had a good friend of mine that asked me, you know, why I did this. And, you know, I, I told her, I said, you know, I love talking to people. I love learning. And when you start to build relationships and network with people, you know, through this, this is actually how, you know, I was able to, to make it onto your show um, was because of bartending. Um, you, you, just, you just never know. You never know. And not even so much of, of confessions from, from, from the patron to the bartender, but, you know, you just never know how, how they can change your life and how they can get you to think differently, to get to a place emotionally, even spiritually that you never saw was possible before, didn't even think was even an option to you, didn't even think it was there. And um, it's, it's, it's amazing. I love it. Um, I, I, love, I love people. You know, I love being on that stage and that platform. I call it my office, you know. <laughs> Literally, I call, it, I call it my office. And uh, I love to see people come back on a regular day-to-day -day basis well, but what is crazy too though is I love for people to catch a good buzz and I love and I can make you anything you want to drink and nine times out of ten depending on what it is you won't even taste the liquor in it my drinks are top-notch 
but I do not like to get people drunk. I do not like to get people shit faced at my bar. Like I want people to come and have a good time and coast and have a good buzz and fellowship and have fun with people. But I don't, I don't like to push people over the edge, you know, and, and whether it comes from, you know, my aptitude of, you know, getting people to slow down, or I just have to cut people off completely, you know, an extra five, $10 tip or extra shot or whatever. It's not worth somebody's well-being or their livelihood or their life, you know? So it's like, it, it's, it's, it's in a sense, it's like, it's an art form, you know, that's, that, that's how I look at it. But uh, to get back to, to, uh, to what you said in the Star Trek reference, that is absolutely true because I've had some people come up in my bar and, and tell me some of the craziest, <laughs> craziest stuff. And and, I, and I'm talking about some of these people, the people that I have known for for eight years and up, and have told me some things about their life or their marriages or you know their relationships, things that you would never never guess in a million years, you know. And it's all good because all that information, all that stays right up here, you know. So it's it's almost like uh, it's it's almost like the reverse of being a ghost in the shell in a sense. It's like you know you're a uh, you're a walking vessel that gets people to confess. It's almost like going to church in a sense, <laughs> and it's like a confessional. You know, it's 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 weird, but uh, I love it. I love it. It's cool. You know, I get to see when people come in and they're stressed out or they got a lot on their mind, but to see them leave and there's a there's a better sense of relief, or I could tell that you know that that burden has gotten a little bit lighter on them that lets me know I did my job. And I'm hearing no matter what you're talking about, this whole conversation, whether it's bartending, whether it's being an acting class, or whether it's actually being on a stage or a screen, literally nothing you're talking about is about you. It is about your relationships with your customers, your audience, your cast members. You are about the community. You are about the, the group effort. And I really respect that. I, I really, I really appreciate that, um, Aaron. It, it took me, it took me some time to to get to this place, and not really from realization, but just accepting it. And that's that's really who I am, and uh, I, I appreciate that because I've never had anybody say that to me before. You know, I, that that really does mean a lot to me because I do care about my community, and you know, when people say all the time that you know, you know, you know don't give a a F about what people think about you. Like, nah, I think it's reverse. Like, do care about what people think about you. Do take what people think about you into consideration. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that you have to believe, you know what I'm saying? Excuse me, what they say about you. But it, 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 it should be something that you look at and you consider because the two most very, the two most important days of anybody's life is the day that you were born and it's the day that you die. And there's not that many people in that room with you when you're born, but I think what matters most is who's going to show up at that funeral. To me, that's what that's what matters. That's that's what counts. Like I could give a damn about how much money or how many accolades that you receive in this world, and how many rewards, or how many men or women you slept with, or how many cars and clothes and houses you bought. It's like you know, all of that, all of that to me is irrelevant. You know, what is your relationship like with your with your peers? you know, your family, your friends, you know, what is it, what are, what are the things that people say about you, you know what I'm saying, when you're not around, don't get me wrong, what somebody truly thinks about you on the inside is none of your business, but, you know, 
trust and believe that when your back is turned, you know, people, people are talking and people saying things about you. And to me, that's, that's what's important. You know, the things that are being talked and said about you when you're not around, when your name does come up in a conversation or a subject or whatever, like, because you got to think to yourself, you know, that's how you're going to be remembered. That's what they remember of you. You know, that's what they're, that's what they're thinking, you know? So yeah, I, I take, I take my relationships with people and don't get me wrong, Aaron, I'm the, I'm the farthest thing from perfect, but it's, it's something that I take into consideration every day. And it's something that gives me anxiety out of this world, but I love it and I appreciate it. And I've learned to deal with it and cope with that. I'm not on any kind of medication or anything. I don't, <clears throat> You know, I, I enjoy some good cocktails from time to time, obviously, um, but I'm not on any kind of medication for anxiety or depression or anything like that. I, like I said, I choose to 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 absorb it and allow myself to feel what I want to feel, but uh, it helps me to keep myself in check and to not get so far gone and to remind myself to uh, to be good to people, you know, and the first step of being good to others is to be good to yourself. You know, so thank you very much for saying that. That that truly does mean a lot to me. Well, I after what you just, I don't know if I can top that, and I definitely can't pr presume to lead it in a better direction. So I'm going to wrap that there. But I'd like to know where can we follow your adventures and and your next step in your career, and possibly your next step in your personal journey. Do you have social media that you follow? Uh, <clears throat> no, not really. I'm I'm not really a big uh, social media fan. Um, I am on uh, Facebook, but uh, after after talking to some some good friends, I'm definitely going to be uh, building these things back up and getting these platforms back on uh, back on track. Um, I guess hopefully the next time that I'm able to hop on here and, uh, and and talk to you some more, we can continue this adventure. And there's just there's, oh my god, and there's just, there's there's so much to uh, that I'd love to talk to you about from you know from life to movies and you know, more about yourself and, uh, and, and what you're doing and what your goals are. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to be here to talk to you. It's, it's, it's amazing. This, this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. And it's, and it's so cool. It's so cool. And I feel like we're going to do so, so many more. Uh, but the next project I'm working on is going to be a, a television series called Dust Till Dawn. Um, it's kind of like a supernatural werewolf vampires, which is, um, I know production for this is supposed to start towards the end of this month and beginning of between the end of this month and the beginning of, of October. But um, yeah, I can be followed on Facebook, Instagram. Um, preferably, I like to I like to do this and be face to face and talk to people. Yeah. My favorite episodes to make are the ones I can do face to face. I haven't been able to do one of those for a very long time for obvious reasons. Not going to get into that. But I love those episodes and I would like to do this. You are welcome back on the show anytime you want. You're a hell of a great guy. I really think you have a lot of perspective and there are things I want to talk to you about that we just can't get to today. Absolutely. Aaron, it's been a pleasure, man. I definitely look forward to doing this in the very, very near future. You have a blessed day. You have a great week. You stay healthy. You stay strong out there. And just remember, if you don't hear from anybody else this week, just know I love you. I appreciate you. You as well. Man. Take good care, sir. I would like to thank Reese for being my guest today, and I would like to thank you for listening. For the community building part of the show today, that part where we talk about how to build the show that 
takes less than five minutes of your time and costs you nothing, I would like to talk about using the share feature to send this show or any other episode that you like to somebody else. On pretty much any device you could be listening to this show on, whether that be your laptop computer or your mobile device or your tablet, there's going to be a little share button, which is usually a square with an up arrow sticking out of it. If you tap that, you can text it to a friend, you can email it to a friend, you can post it on Twitter or Facebook. It's a really quick, easy way to give this episode to somebody else who would enjoy it. And I bet you if you're right about that, they're going to appreciate it. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, and we are syndicated on Realm of the Mist, a fantastic podcast network. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.